Good morning, happy Sunday, February 21st, and welcome to Every Day's a Holiday, a daily podcast calendar giving you a reason to celebrate every single day of the year. A quick announcement, guys. I am now on TikTok, thanks to a recommendation from my buddy Gerard. I am now going to infiltrate the Gen Z crowd and perhaps rack up more listeners with the power of 15 to 30 second long videos. If you're a TikToker, please go give me a follow at Every Day's a Holiday Pod. Now on to the episode. Today's holiday is National Sticky Bun Day. Sticky buns are either what you get when you slip and fall into a pot of honey, or, as defined by Merriam-Webster, a spiral-shaped cinnamon roll topped with melted brown sugar and butter. And then there's Urban Dictionary's definition of sticky buns, which is entirely different. I'll just leave that up to you to look up in your own time if you are really that curious. National Sticky Bun Day focuses the celebration on the cinnamony, sugary pastry itself. Sticky buns were first known as Schnecken, a Philadelphia specialty thought to have been brought to the United States by German settlers in the 18th century. Schnecken means snail in German in reference to the spiraled nature of sticky buns. This is only a loosely related thought, but as I was writing notes for this episode, I was in the middle of drinking coffee with cinnamon toast crunch flavored creamer, and ooh, it was so good and so relevant. So to celebrate today, 10 out of 10 would recommend making some sticky buns for breakfast and getting that cinnamon toast crunch coffee mate that I just mentioned. If you're lacking ingredients or simply don't have the time to make sticky buns from scratch, Pillsbury cinnamon rolls are a solid and cost-effective alternative. Share your sticky buns on social media with the hashtag National Sticky Bun Day and enjoy your buns, everyone. Now, let's take a look back through the years to see what happened on this day in history. On this day, 49 years ago, President Richard Nixon embarked on his historic visit to China. Ready your brain holes, listeners, for a brief political diplomacy history lesson. So, when the Communist Party of China gained power over mainland China in 1949, the United States acknowledged and allied with the People's Republic of China as the sole government of China. Even before he was elected as president in 1968, Richard Nixon had hinted at establishing a new relationship with the PRC, and very early on during his term, Nixon had his national security advisor, Henry Kissinger, send little love notes over to China, and the US and China started having this secret little pen pal crush situation going on. Kissinger ramped up that little love affair in 1971 by flying on secret diplomatic missions to Beijing where he met up with Premier Zhou Enlai. And by July 15, 1971, China and the United States felt more comfortable in their relationship, so President Nixon publicly announced that he would visit the People's Republic of China the following year, to much of the United States' surprise. And on February 21st, 1972, Nixon hopped on a plane and dipped out for a week to go hang out with Chinese government officials. Thanks to this visit, it enabled the American public to view images of China for the first time in over two decades. Throughout the week he spent there, President Nixon and his senior advisors met with the Chinese Communist Party chairman, Mao Zedong. Meanwhile, the First Lady, Pat Nixon, toured around schools, factories, and hospitals in Beijing, Hangzhou, and Shanghai, with a bunch of American press coming along for the ride. 
This presidential visit to China was a big deal because it established a working diplomatic relationship between the US and China, two of the most powerful countries in the world. Historians consider this visit one of, if not the most important visit by a US president to, well, anywhere. So that's pretty big. Way to go, Dick Nixon. Now, it's time to commemorate the births of famous or infamous individuals in our next segment, Life and Legacy. Okay, today there are a bunch of famous birthdays going down, including the late Alan Rickman's birthday. He was born on February 21st, 1948. Rest in peace, Professor Snape. Then there's actor and comedian Jordan Peele, who's celebrating his 42nd birthday. Canadian actor and producer Elliot Page, celebrating her 34th and English actor Sophie Turner, now Sophie Jonas, celebrating her 26th birthday. Sophie Turner is notoriously the second child of Sean Bean and Michelle Fairley. She grew up in a castle in the frigid north with her parents and four siblings. Her older brother Richard, spoiler alert, died tragically on his wedding day. Her younger sister Macy ran away from home and went blind for a while but then got her eyesight back somehow. Her youngest brother, Art, another spoiler alert, also died tragically from an arrow wound in the back. And her half-brother, Kit, knows nothing, so who cares about him? JK! That was for the Game of Thrones fans. The real Sophie, Sophie Belinda Turner, was born on February 21st, 1996, in Northampton, England, to Sally and Andrew Turner, a nursery school teacher and a wooden pallet distribution company employee, respectively. Sophie's first professional acting role was as Sansa Stark in Game of Thrones, and now she's uber-famous. Fun fact about Sophie in Game of Thrones, she adopted one of her Game of Thrones co-stars, Zuni, the northern Inuit dog who played her direwolf, Lady. How cute! Oh, and she's married to Joe Jonas or something. Now, Sophie Turner is great and all, but I'm sorry Sophie, even you cannot upstage this next magnificent human meat sack. Today is the birthday of American politician, statesman, and civil rights activist, John Lewis. John Robert Lewis was born on February 21st, 1940, in Troy, Alabama. He was the third of ten kids to Willie May and Eddie Lewis, who were sharecroppers in rural Pike County, Alabama, through the 1930s and 40s. John Lewis was one of the most influential leaders of the civil rights movement. Lewis was one of the big six leaders of groups who organized the 1963 March on Washington. And he was the last living speaker from the March on Washington until July of last year when he passed away. Back in the 1960s, he served as the chairman of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. In 1965, he led the first of three marches from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. You want to watch an incredible historical film? Go watch 2014's Selma that covers the civil rights movement in Alabama during the 1960s. It is an immensely moving film, and it'll give you a better understanding of how hard leaders and activists like John Lewis fought for human rights. Just over 20 years after the Selma protests, John Lewis was first elected to Congress and served 17 terms in the United States House of Representatives. While in the House, Lewis was one of the most valuable leaders of the Democratic Party. He received many honorary degrees and awards in his lifetime, including the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And last fact about John Lewis is a random one, but he made a very brief cameo appearance in a music video once. 
It was Young Jeezy's song, My President, that was released the month of Barack Obama's inauguration in 2009. And if you want to see John Lewis in this music video, it's about the midpoint of the music video. You can see him jumping with joy, holding a sign that says, My President is Black. Happy birthday and rest in peace, John Lewis. Thank you for all of your activism. Lastly, let's find out what listeners like you are celebrating today in our final segment, Listener Celebrations. Today, Rachel is celebrating her nephew's first birthday. His name is Grapthar, and he is a lot stronger than the average baby. Rachel, do not let that child near a hammer. I think he might be a Greek demigod. Neil and Dana are celebrating their second time reunion anniversary. I wasn't exactly sure what they meant by this, so the story in my brain is that Neil and Dana started dating in high school, but at the time, they were simply too young and wanted different things, so they split up, agreeing to stay friends. But just a year of attempted platonic friendship later, they realized that they couldn't get past their adolescent desires for one another, so they got together and stayed together into their early 20s. But then, Dana found out that Neil had been lying about his family all the while they'd been together again. Neil failed to tell her that he had been raised by river otters, and Dana felt like she couldn't trust him anymore. Years passed without any contact, but eventually, Dana sympathized and reached out to Neil and asked him to tell her about what it was like growing up with the otters of Merrimack River. After all, it couldn't have been easy to adjust to regular human society with that kind of upbringing. Their second reunion that happened on February 21st of whatever year reignited the fires of love within them, and with a new understanding and appreciation of each other's lives, Neil and Dana are now happily married with 12 children one human child, and 11 otter babies. Happy reunion anniversary, you guys. And Ashley is celebrating her birthday as well. I wasn't told exactly how old she'd be turning today, so my guess is she's either a human in her mid-twenties, or a vampire in her late 1700s, or an alien of indeterminate age who holds great wisdom of the universe that we mere earthlings could never hope to comprehend. Happy birthday, Ashley. Thank you all for sharing your celebrations. If you are celebrating anything like a birthday, an anniversary, or any special occasion, please shoot me a message at everydaysaholidaypod on Instagram or send an email to everydaysaholidaypod at gmail.com. And a quick reminder that February is Black History Month in the United States and Canada. I have personally pledged to donate $50 this month to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund to help provide legal assistance to black Americans who can't afford it and advance the cause of racial justice and equality. If you are interested in contributing as well, please go to act.naacpldf.org to donate. If you want more information about the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, go back to the February monthly mention episode of this podcast. Thank you for joining me in today's celebrations. Special thanks to AJ Curtin for composing the music for Every Day's a Holiday. Please rate and review Every Day's a Holiday on Apple or Google Podcasts to let me know what you think of the show, or just pass it along to a friend. And tune in tomorrow morning to see what there is to celebrate on February 22nd. Enjoy today, and catch you tomorrow!